Captain Freaky Face. And then you kind of owned me. Yeah, that wasn't cool. Okay. He gave it back, dude. He, gave he it. didn't give it back. I had to go and get it. He took your Twitter <laughs> handle from you because you publicly tweeted that you were changing your Twitter handle. Dude, if Zach didn't do that, somebody else would have. And by somebody but I was going to change was it right back. trying to help you. Is this a worthy transition to just start the show to talk about eggs and then Captain Creepyface? Is that I worthy? Think, I think that who you think Captain Creepyface is is not who I thought Captain Creepyface I thought you thought Pyat Pre was Captain Creepyface. Let's be honest here. They're probably the same person. <laughs> Is that- he's, like, he's got like 12 of himself at yeah. least. Well, he's got 11 now because one was stabbed with a sword, so only 11. Jorah owned that uh, that clone or whatever that was. Let's let's take a moment here to welcome the just let's just the graciously pleasant people that download this podcast every week. Let's just welcome them to Game of Owns, everybody. Welcome. welcome. Vel Kahneman. Well, well, welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, this is the Game of Thrones podcast where we talk about uh, Game of Thrones, the, the show, and, you know, eventually one day when we grow up and we put our pants that big boys wear on, we'll eventually talk about the books, right, guys? Eventually. eventually Are you saying but... that we don't podcast with pants on? <laughs> I was speaking for myself, but if you want to chime in, Micah, then we can, you know, we can cross that bridge if you want. I think he's saying small, but your boys' pants. I'm wearing is pants. What we got like Jay-Z, like nice. your boys' pants, right? Yeah, pretty much tearaway pants. Um, I think in the off-season we'll read about the book. You know, we'll talk more about the books because uh, I'll be reading them. That's when I'll be reading Well, are you excited because tonight is a very special uh, event for you that you talked about in an earlier yeah, episode yeah, of the podcast. Yeah, tonight, very, uh, after we finish recording the show, I'm going to head over to my local game stop next to the <laughs> supermarket where there is a barbecue – uh, Are they serving and, Brandon Ricken? I mean, <laughs> oh, oh, right to the punchline. <laughs> Speaking of, will it be wow. punch? For the uh, anyways, for the midnight release of Game of Thrones, the video game. Boom, boom, boom. Um, pretty sure it's called the strategy game. But this is a tie-in. This happens, I guess, concurrently with this series, and it's got some of the voice actors, or some of the voice actors are actors on the on the show. What about um, Charles Dance? Not Charles Dance. From what I get, it's just uh, basically you're a member of the Night's Watch, so. Um, Grandmaster is there. Uh, the Grandmaster. <laughs> I'm going to keep calling him the Grandmaster. Okay, that makes but sense. But you got his voice. Um, Big Bear. Big Bear. Big Bear, yeah. You got his voice Old and bear, uh, maybe oh some other people at, at King's Landing. Halfhand is a character in this video game. Yeah, but uh, no, it's going to be cool. I'll be uh, posting some kind of a review or maybe first thoughts on the website. Um, Very cool. Once I can, once I can get into that. Well, we watched the uh, episode last night, and we had every intention to record an episode for you last night because Selena is out for the week. She's doing exams in Sweden, um, and they're what are they probably taking tests about how to make meatballs correctly or some things like that, like Swedish yeah. people normally would. And so it's we tough. were going to record the episode last night after the show, but Eric once again forgot that he had HBO and had to drive all the way out to the suburbs and watch it with some friends. It's true. It's true. And I forgot that I didn't have HBO, so I was trying to find it online. You can't say that. <laughs> well, I'll just cut that part out. <laughs> oh, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> Listen, no, we can go ahead and say it. I, I don't think, let's just assume for the fact, for this moment here, because um, we all know that all the HBO people listen to the show, very kind people. Yeah, right. But um, he was he was trying to find my HBO Go login, and I let him borrow it. Let's just... Let's just say that that that's, happened. That's 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 wonderful, but that's not nice. how it happened. But we'll just say that we can talk it about the actual news right now. That <laughs> Game of Thrones 
is now officially the most pirated show in the world right now. Can you yeah, un- can you believe that? that? That's strange. It it's really not, is. No, that's and not strange. That is the that is a really really great litmus test to see what is actually popular. Yeah, what people are talking about. Right. Do you guys ever look at what is trending though during the show? Like I saw last night Jon Snow was trending on Twitter. I can't imagine why. He's well, just he lost I, every bit of respect I had for him on this episode. What? Yeah. What? Just, well, it was probably because a lot of fans were tweeting about the show. Yeah, well, that's good. Right? Well, usually it's like, you know, you get a win and it's like only girls like they have, they have really random hashtags on Twitter most of the time. But. Yeah, usually it's Twitter after dark after that. Right. Just like, I, I was just trying to segue. In. Oh, I know what you're trying to do. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll fix this. I don't think that he was that terrible. I just think that he was, you know, showing his age a whole lot, which is, I guess, appropriate. Eric, what didn't you like about him? Uh, episode. He's a little he's a little dummy, I think. He's just a little he's lacking a little bit of the intelligence there. Of course, Igrit was going to lead him into a trap with every breath that he spared for her um to have. And I, I just you know, there's a there's a there's a line that was crossed between it being kinda cute that they're bantering back and forth and then He's just getting himself and his men into danger. So that line was crossed last night. Uh, I no longer really admire the guy. Um, he's really got a, you know his look going for him. But <laughs> you mentioned that Jon Snow was trending on Twitter, but we did get a lot of our owns of the week via Twitter this week and on Facebook as well. So I think we thought at the top of the show it might be good to kind of see what people were saying about the show, what what things that were said during the this episode that people really thought were classic owns of the week i think that predominantly that we're going to see you know i've been looking through the uh the, the tweets in the facebook posts and basically everyone is just so pumped that we finally got our first ever quote unquote you know nothing john snow apparently she's spanish <laughs> <laughs> you know nothing i clean room i clean room i do know nothing yeah <laughs> Uh, everybody dogging on Jon Snow. Jeez, give the guy a break. He's got willpower. Yeah. Willpower. <sighs> okay, listen. Snow. I am not jo- dogging on Jon Snow. I think Jon Snow is he's he's definitely one of my top four favorite characters on the show, and that's saying something because there's about 17 characters every episode. Yeah. But I do think that the just the entire transition, and this is totally from the TV like standpoint. We we talked. We made a joke about this in the other episode where they were just like, okay, well, you have fun with that. We're just gonna go up on the mountain. Just meet, meet, meet us on top of the mountain. And he's like, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll talk to her alone. Like, they left him alone. And then it made all of the sense to just, like, let him just, just walk away. Like, he got lost. And then now they're just lost. Did you notice that they just became lost? Like, just, hey, we're lost now. I, just, I don't know. It was really abrupt to me. Uh, weren't they lost, like, ever since last week's episode when she first started to run away? That was why he didn't kill her then was because he kind of needed her to find his way back. Yeah, but how far did she run? It was like 200 meters top. Yeah, it really was 200 meters, which is yeah. what... Maybe it's the editing that makes you think it was too... Maybe she was running for quite some time and they just cut it for the interest of not making him look like a total fool. Um, because he was a fool letting her go to begin with and not killing her. But now it's just gotten to the point where that was difficult to watch because very clearly she was just leading him into a trap, using her feminine wiles to hoodwink him. Seductress. Yeah, sedu- seductress. All those wildlings <laughs> have those wild ways about them, but... Um, I mean, he's very easy to fool because he's, you know. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a bet right now. Okay, so Eric, basically, you're saying right now, virgins are easy to fool. Okay, we got that out of him so far. Uh, next up, but seriously, <laughs> though, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna willing to bet that any of the people on the show right now, because Selena's uh, absent, anybody would fall to the to prey of a grit right now. You're telling me, Terrence, come on now, you know you would. 
Oh no, I get it. That like you know what I'm saying. You'd fall I, prey I'd be to on that. that. Yeah. I'm no, like, no, no. I don't hear if you'd be on. I'm saying you would fall prey. You'd follow her around. You got a little yeah, lost. Like help I would. me find some place. Well, see, this is where I think it worked great for TV. But in the book, it's not what happens. He lets her go, and then he goes and rejoins Corin Halfhand, and what? they're tracked by the I, wildlings. You're why surprised. Did you let her go? That's that's like a Theon mentality here. No, it's not. You got to let a girl. It's a girl. It's a, it's a, she can't. He has like... one job. He has one job <laughs> in this world and it's to kill wildlings. Like no, just it's, freaking do it, man. It's too black and white. That's not necessarily what they're only doing. They're scouting out and they're trying to figure out what Mansraider's doing. They're not just going up there and murdering people. I thought but it was about trying to with, stay alive. With the show though, I think it does make more sense to have it play out the way that they did, meaning that he has her captive and she strings him along for a little bit as you were saying Eric is kind of taking her through sorry taking him through her her land which she knows very well and ultimately leading him into this trap if he would have just let her go and and they were stalked for a little while and eventually you know have the the wildlings come upon them I don't think it would have worked as well so it deviates from the book a little bit, but I think it worked well for the show. It does what they'd like to do in this episode, which is pretty clear that A Man Without Honor was a very character-driven episode versus a lot of things necessarily physically happening. Much more insight into right. the characters. Well, I was thinking about um, just just the show in general and about – I was conceptualizing it this morning and thinking about – you because know, we, we've been reporting the news for a while in Game of Owns during the filming process for season two, and I was thinking about – all the time and all the preparation and the pre-production that went into this. And I was thinking of Charles Dance's character, for one. And his, you know, we're now over halfway through the season and we've still really only seen him sitting in a room or walking through a courtyard once. So I'm thinking of, like, physically how they film this stuff. And, you know, with with needing so many characters doing so many different things, they've from a technical standpoint, they really have sort of an easy thing to, to film, which is just it relies on their heavy dramatic acting and skill, but inside of it, like a small place. You know, like him and Arya's exchange throughout the entire episode was basically just it would it would cut away and then come back to them just hanging out in this one spot. I thought it was really interesting. And, yeah. you know, the, the same could be said for Tyrion Lannister as well. Right. His character, he... he it takes place in such small places like this. I mean, but they still have him like walking through the courtyard during right. the riot because the riot was a bitch to shoot, I'm sure. And they had him on the on the dock, you know, saying farewell. Like, right. So it's a little bit more variation, but not as not as compacted as Tywin's. Because I mean, even Arya had the, the traveling with the people of the Night's Watch for a while through the first few episodes. Yeah, yeah. Now they've kind of settled for single, you know, single shots or 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 I want to say like. Close, close counter, close areas. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, like a Grit and John, like you know, they were in Iceland filming a bunch of these exterior shots for for their dialogue. I was just looking at that. It was one particular shot where they walked across the entire screen. I think it was one of the beginning ones where she was uh, just giving him the whole like the whole you know the whole spiel where she was being an asshole to him. But they'd obviously like captured all their audio externally in a sound room like much later. And it was just like a really a lot of really basic stuff of them just walking through this environment. And I feel like they really relied heavily on the set, on the natural background to tell more of the story than really the acting was. So it's just like doing really successful for them in the show because that's what people are taking away from it. Like breathtaking vistas. I think there was a tweet where someone was saying, if I can find it. Dreyas Bo on, um, I don't know how to say your name, but you uh, you tweeted us and you said, 
pretty small, but that pan on Heron Hall was gorgeous and a reminder of how bigger the show is compared to others. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's what people are taking away from it. Yeah, that that was probably, I guess, the most expensive shot in this episode, right? Was that Heron Hall. Didn't it zoom in all the way from, like, a courtyard or it zoomed out uh, yeah. to the whole castle of, of Heron Hall? And that, was that an establishing shot or was that kind of cutting away to something else? I don't remember exactly. It started out with a shot of somebody hanging, and it kind of panned out. So oh, you yeah, see yeah, all yeah. the different layers of Harrenhal, <sighs> and then yeah. eventually took you, I believe, to Arya and Tywin. Yeah, yeah. Well, what really worked, I think, was then the dialogue, which is like, you know, what Zach is saying, that the dialogue between the two characters, Arya and, and, and Tywin, you know, about Harrenhal, about the dragons, you know, the, all the history that we got in this that episode. That was so awesome. It just totally fleshed out what we had, you know, this, this location, this locale, and what had happened here. And we got that in previous episodes too, but you know, it's kind of like they're shooting it as if it were low budget, you know, with, with not a lot of exterior shots, you know, kind of shot like very claustrophobic, but they're, they're not low budget at all. They're spending the money exactly where they should be spending the money, either on the, the dramatic acting or on the fight scenes that are going to come in the other episodes. And like the the set decoration and the costuming is is perfect and they do such a great job at that. It's so vivid. Mm-hmm. And back to Twitter for the owns. Um, uh, got this. This is probably going to be my own of the week. I'll decide later. But uh, hopelessly nerdy says Tywin Lannister totally owned Arya with catching her pronunciation of my lord. Now we know for sure he knows Arya is lying. Mary doesn't tweet, even though she apparently does. Uh, <laughs> says uh, Arya to Tywin owned when she asked him if he'd met any stonemasons. Zing. Zing. His his response to her wasn't it. You're too clever for your own good, like that. Yeah. That's just that was a warning to her. That was you know he said didn't he say watch it girl I enjoy your company. Yeah. But, yeah. And I'm like whoa okay no, she it just, was good though she just got real. I was just looking through some of the tweets here. Um, of course the one we were we were just talking about with the. Um, Jon Snow and Ygritte, where she goes, you know nothing, Jon Snow. We got a lot of those. A lot of those are that yeah. that line. I didn't yeah. care for it particularly, yeah. but well, um, in the book, that's a kind of a big thing. You get a uh, lot of you know nothing, Jon Snow. So we're finally getting it for the first. We're getting it from, like finally getting it for the first time in the in the show, which is cool. I see why that's important. Uh, a Kelly fifty five says Captain Creepy Face and Duck Sauce owned the thirteen. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. There was also one by uh, Makiel that says, when Arya says to Tywin, how many stonemasons have you known? And, he, you know, that was kind of like a smart-ass remark to him. Yeah. She's, she's just dealing, she's just digging herself a big hole. I think, I think she, uh, Makiel, or she, I think she tweeted us back last week and said that her name was pronounced Mahil. So uh, that's right. That's she's right. doing a great job because we, uh, we, uh, we are terrible at pronouncing names. I, I, I sure am, at least. I love the fact that our listeners are incorporating the names that we're giving people throughout the show. Let's be honest, Ed. They're a lot easier to remember than what their names actually are. Yeah. Well, it's true. Uh, here's a tweet, kind of an uncommon own, but totally legit, valid, I think. Uh, Pikake Floor says, Shay owned tonight. I love how she threatened the other servant girl to stay silent for Sansa. Sucks that it didn't matter, though. That's like that's like my uh, response to pretty much every scene here. I'm like, ah, oh, sucks that what we just saw didn't really matter. Yeah, <laughs> right, I have, right. I, have, I wrote a note on that, and it was like, oh, she was so badass and like said something to this girl. Don't say anything. But then, literally, the next scene was Cersei being like, so you you got your a period, flower. huh? Yeah, my yeah. little flower bloom. <laughs> like yeah. I don't know. I just I don't know. I felt like that was odd, and we need to know like what the hell is going to happen to Shay after that, which we might actually see. I don't know. Well, yeah. judging by the preview that we saw with Tyrion looking a little upset about 
uh, he's he, he seemed to be worried again about somebody finding out about Shay or possibly somebody hurting him. He says something like, you know, people really want to hurt me. And he, it's unclear who he's talking to, but I uh, just feel like that didn't bode well for Shay. And then uh, Caleb the Enigma said <laughs> that whole scene with Captain Creepyface when he kept respawning is my own. <laughs> okay, they oh, have yeah. these people have the absolute best Twitter names of all time. We have a few Facebook ones. Chad Lautner says first, you know, nothing Jon Snow. Joshua William Horwitz says, you know, nothing Jon Snow. Because somebody you know Jon Snows. Kim says, Grit is the owner of the episode. And uh, Bonnie is, again, referencing the uh, My Lord and My Lord line. You know what? I'm surprised nobody, not one person, mentioned Jamie Lannister, who had about five or six owns oh, in shit. 30 seconds. That's yeah. so yeah, true. Yeah. Micah's foreshadowing to our, the end of the episode, owns of the week section, I think. They did give him, didn't they give him like 15 minutes of screen time in this episode? That's a third of the episode. Like, it just felt like that. And not that it felt long. Did but you just have that a stopwatch or something? The fact <laughs> he was I, I, it. it feels like it. Like, his face was on the screen forever. I know because I like the actor. Well, I guess we probably should eventually move to the part where we actually talk about the episode this week. Yep. Yar, yar, yar. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, I was really happy with the first uh, scene because Theon got owned when – I forget who exactly said the line when he was – when they were like, yo – uh, the kids have escaped, and they're like, oh, sh- you let kids escape? They're really small. And then he's like, hey, listen, <laughs> it wasn't the kids. The, the the big guy helped him out, the giant. And he was like, oh, really? Ho- Hodor. Hodor let him out. <laughs> I, was that hilarious? Because he was just like, guys, I grew up here. I know Hodor very well. And you let Hodor. <laughs> he said, what, a half-wit. And uh, you let a half-wit and two half-wit children escape. And a cripple escape, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah. He, then the guy was like, "No, the wildling, the one you've been, you know, fucking." And I was like, "Yeah, oh, and then he, shit. yeah, he, he kicked that guy down." But yeah, uh, can we can we touch on that scene for for just a minute? Because it again, it, it was kind of one of those underwhelming endings to an episode, because you know, last season, and and I, it might be because I had I hadn't read the books at the time, but when I saw Baylor and and Ned yeah. got his head yeah. chopped off. There was that minutes of shock afterwards, you know, running online and seeing what the reaction was to what right, had just happened. Right. And I think even if you were somebody who had, had already read the first book, you would have had a similar reaction. I felt like with the ending to this episode, like, I remember reading this in the books and thinking, holy shit, he just killed Brandon Ricken. But watching the episode, I said to myself, there's no way that it's them. Yeah. Well, is it for the reason I said, where because they didn't show it to the audience that they would have shown the capture? Well, they uh, also showed two kids running around that farm right before, you know, Theon Uh, sent off Meister Lewin, you know, saying go home. So I felt like they laid that out very well. But I I just wonder, you know, and maybe for some people who haven't read the books, you know, what was your reaction? Do you feel like that wasn't them or were you, you know, 100% convinced that that was them? That, for a that second, I didn't there? think it was them. Not for and a the second. reason why I didn't think it is because where's Hodor and where's Osha? Yes, right. Right. yes, exactly. exactly. There should have been a giant, you know, Hodor corpse there and an Osha No, dude, next. he he repels any kind of like stupefying charms. Like he just, bou- so he just got the hell out of there. <laughs> Seriously. What does he repel it with? But no, I His think Michael's logic. It's the same thing that I that I. It's the same exact reason that I had Michael was that there wasn't also a Hodor and an Asha dead body, or they weren't in captivity. They weren't shown to be in captivity. Um, I mean, you could also say that earlier in the episode he told Master Lewin that he wouldn't kill them. 
Um, you know, so I think Theon, when it became clear that they had lost the scent, they they thought they had the nuts that they could go by because Rickon is a, is a freaking addicted to nuts. Okay, mm-hmm. and when they thought that they they when it became clear that they couldn't find him, uh, Theon made a, a quick decision, which is I'm not going to lose all this power that I have by just laying siege to Winterfell. I'm going to make everybody think that I actually killed Bran and Rickon, and then everybody will give me their loyalty because they're afraid of me. Again, he's ruling. I want by my fear. dad to love me. I want yeah, him to love this me, is, guys. This <laughs> is the problem, though, is that the first second that. Bran and Rickon surface again, and nobody's saying they will anytime soon. But all of Theon's power now that he's that he's seeking is coming from the the presumption that they are in fact dead. All the power that the people yeah. of Winterfell are giving Theon comes no, from the yeah. fact that he's no. just killed uh, the 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 prince. The prince you're is right. You're you're right. And if that was really the truth, then that would make sense. But I feel like they haven't even made a real effort in this in the actual show to even make that be the reason why people respect him. I think they've made it pretty clear that everyone thinks he's a dipshit. And the only reason they're not throwing rocks at him is because there's a whole lot of guys hanging around him with swords. The next week come to Egret and she uses Jon Snow's lack of experience and own family history to school him, um, which was pretty uh hilarious. You know, he it whenever she was discussing the lack of experience he had and if he had ever been with a girl. And, you know, he was getting kind of offended, like guys do. You know, if a girl just calls you out and says, oh, you don't have any experience, and the guy's like, uh-huh. I thought this whole moment was overwhelmingly cheesy. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, where he has cheesy. to tell her off, don't call them stones. You know, oh, she's God. like, oh, you're yeah. stones. And he's like, don't call them that. And it's like, <laughs> offers no reason why. She and goes, it's just like, man. Can't be the first time you pressed your bone against a woman's ass. <laughs> there there was a, there was, oh God, there was that one line. What what was it? Did Something they do it about with each his... other? You know, then. And, and oh, he's yeah. Just like, no wonder no. they're all so miserable. Egret <laughs> <laughs> was saying like, don't they start hurting if you? I don't know. I don't, don't know. Use she, the, I if don't you don't use them, oh, that's yeah, what all yeah. the men tell me, and I'm like, oh god. <laughs> so I feel bad yeah, for them. This is comedic relief, but we really shouldn't pretend it's not. You know, it's something else because it really is just the way it plays to me in the episode is comedic relief. Like, yeah, they're yeah. walking. They're, there's nothing too deep, you know, mentally about what's going on here. She's very clearly leading him into a trap. So. Oh, you know what? I, am I the only guy that didn't see that? I didn't see the trap coming. I, I, I was I was paying attention to the Woody banter. I wasn't paying attention to. I, I was. Yeah, I was. I'm the same. The only thing that we really got out of it that was any kind of substance was when they actually started saying, um, "She's like, he was like, well, why are you here? Like, why are you? Well, you're coming in here and you're killing us." And he was like, "Hey, you guys are coming and killing us. We're just trying to take, take care of shit." She was like, "Listen, we were here first. We've been here for a long time." We're, this is our land, and he's like, listen. And she was like, basically saying, you don't know what you're talking about. And he was like, hey, I'm Ned Stark's kid. I'm I'm a descendant of some of the first people around here. You know, don't tell me what to blah 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 blah. And then and she she, says, she shut right up. She yeah. shut up, and it was well, so no. She cool. said, she said, then why are we fighting? Right. And then there right. was like that that un, that unease between them. Right. But it's, it was cool to see that Ned Stark like still has some clout, and he like had clout with the Wildlings. I thought that was a really nice. 
Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like it was really good for people that are fans of the Starks. Like myself, I was like, oh, that's that's legit. That's cool. We uh we also got to learn a lot about sort of their lifestyle and which they're maybe not just crazy, you know, people. They're that they 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 choose to live north of the wall and they choose to live outside of the reach of a king because they really want to be free people. And it's kind of like, oh, America, like, oh, the land of the brave and home of the brave. Like we just come, you know, it's, that's kind of funny. So like right, it's right. an inter- inter- interesting dialogue that 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 Martin's created. But John was like, "But you, you, so now your king is Mance Raider. And she was like, listen, we elected Mance Raider to be our leader. And he used to be one of you guys. So we're getting such a, a, a neat perspective because we're learning so much more about how the wildlings work. And we're getting more we're, – we're learning that they're not just these crazy-ass people that maybe some of them are, are attractive and some of them are smart, which – I guess people like it just really makes sense that they'd have sense of them, you know, of themselves and be kind of a more organized people than what we're meant to believe from the, you know, from the, the night's watch things we've heard about the wildlings. Like in order to survive up there, dude, you really got to be good at, um, you know, finding shelter out of nothing, you know, all all that stuff that we kind of neglect. That's kind um, of how America was, though the frontier, the Wild West, when they first when we first settled, you know, over those last hundred years. It was a scary place. Years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it still is in some parts. Where well, I, you know, where I live. <laughs> you know, Egret made it sound really, really enticing. She said, you know, you could get yourself some land, get a find cabin, a woman to lie next to, get a cabin. She was like, "You're so pretty." They would tear their eyes out. What she? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wake exactly. up whenever you want to wake. Yeah, well, something yeah. happened in this episode that I thought that Eric might be. Uh, might have a reaction to and i know that i did but we finally got to see our first bit of taiwan just for a little bit being bad taiwan you know what i'm saying like for the first few i guess minute of his of his whole like when they were talking or whatever he was like kill them don't you guys understand just kill them like are you afraid to do that you know it was awesome i'm sure that you know how to burn villages down we've pretty much done that all the time so go burn the village down and yeah yeah. See, I oh, thought yeah, the, right. this whole scene was like you guys were saying. Like, you got a really in-depth look into who Tywin, sort of the soldier is and the leader is, as opposed to I think we've seen a lot more of him as a father figure the last couple of episodes when he's interacting with Arya. Mm-hmm. The other thing that got brought up that I'm interested to see how they tie it in is the Brotherhood without banners. He seems to think that they're the ones responsible for the person who infiltrated Harren Hall and, and killed Amory Lorch. So <laughs> he right. made fun of the name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I, I love the transition from bad Tywin to go back to, you know, kind Tywin to Arya when it was just like village, village, death, death, mountain, do stuff, do stuff. This name is funny. Do stuff, do stuff. Oh, I hate mutton. Mutton's terrible. <laughs> He's yeah. like, BT dubs. Are you it was, hungry? It was such a quick like, switch, though. I thought for a moment we were going to get to see our first, yeah, like, okay, yeah. they're turning, he's turning him back into the character that he was meant to be. But then, <laughs> I don't like mutton. Why don't you eat it? She's like, no, I'll eat in the kitchen. She's like, listen, you're hungry. I see you. Eat the mutton. It's good. <laughs> By the way, I hate mutton. Right, um, right. Yeah, yeah, no, Tywin, uh, through, through, that, through that little, you know, short scene... He, isn't it this episode he has that line to her too do you really think I would have gotten to where I am or I'd still be where I am if I had been defeated ever yeah. so there is that sense you're right in this episode it, it kind of prevails of you know it's coming forward of, of, of how strategic and how sound Tywin actually is at killing people and that can only not bode well for uh, both for Arya and for the people who He's turning his scope on, and I think Tywin's very desperate, and we've seen that at the meetings that he's had. In the in the yeah. world that we live in, you know, in Westeros, 
we we aren't faulting people for being warriors and we aren't faulting people for killing their enemies like we aren't faulting them that is just like a way of life so again he's still talking about these right. things and i i can say we saw a bit of bad taiwan but honestly like other people are doing that everyone is fighting a war it's the war of five kings right like everyone is doing something so still we we, we don't really dislike taiwan and he's telling her he's saying this will be my last war. You know, basically all I am is this. Well, yeah, he was, he was discussing his whole legacy, you know, and he asked her, do you know what legacy means? Yeah, that that conversation for me, and I'm going to make the connection, I'll try and be quick about it, but to Star Wars and some of the prequel uh, revelations that we get uh, about the dark side versus the light side. Um, essentially, like, the, the Emperor Palpatine... Uh, tells young Anakin Skywalker, you know, when he's about to turn, that he can live forever if he, you know, with the dark side, uh, you can live forever, never die. Whereas the light side, they have the ability to, once they are dead, they come back as ghosts, they can still influence the living, as Obi-Wan does in the regular trilogy. So it's, there's these two ways to leave a legacy, okay? Either you can really try and be this undefeated badass, right, right. kill a ton of people and get be, be, become infamous, or you have the kind of legacy where that Ned Stark does, where you're a family man and you raise a family who treats your moral code with you know undying loyalty, and you have these generations of people who are your your own legacy. They're you in the future. So there's there's two ways to leave a legacy. Very clearly, this conversation that Tywin had about you know the, the kind of legacy that was left by this Targaryen. Uh, he's Man. very much very much paints him as being the the dark side. Where now he's I want to go be a out. Jedi. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Like. <laughs> that that ghost shit is badass. Like yeah, that ghost you know, shit is badass. But but it's all about giving into death. It's all about seeing life as this one step of a greater purpose. And right. if you can let go of and not material possessions, but that's where they're going with it, you know, in the religious scheme of things. If you let go of this life and really see it as as part of this this greater arcing process that's an, that's just an alternate way of really seeing how you can leave a legacy and and whether or not we're meant to do one or the other in this life is unclear but you know you can go either way so tywin was definitely the darker the dark side kind of do what you can with this life cuz you only get one and right. not the ned stark you know which what i'm reading to be the ned stark kind of way which is you know to to really uh, raise kids right and and have them be honorable um which you know works into the title of this episode a man without honor well well speaking with about kids though you know he he has that line to Arya where he says that you remind right, right. me of my daughter yeah, what'd you guys think about that I was horrified <laughs> it's like <laughs> if if Arya if 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 it's Star Wars Arya is like ah. Leia and Luke mixed into one because she <clears throat> was telling him how interested she was in the uh, the girls that wrote the dragons they were great yeah. warriors we get to see we get to dig so much more into Arya's character and, and just understand right. you right. know Sirio and all the things that she's done with Needle and with with John being her favorite brother and like doing their little talks like she is just She's just so interested in being a warrior, and it's just neat to see that just even blossom. Because uh, Tywin just keeps going on, and he kind of feeds it. He doesn't. He doesn't like dog her down and say you should be interested in the niceties and blah 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 blah. He's just like, oh, that's cool. Like warriors are legit. You know, like <laughs> you remind me problem. of my daughter. The fact that she had to tell him the story of the dragons. You know, he said, I would have. You know, I'm sure I knew this when I was your age, but 
she's only going to do herself harm by showing that she knows this story. Like, they're having a great conversation, but he's not a great guy. I'm sorry. She is. She has continued to make all the wrong decisions when it comes to associating with him for when it comes to being in in some yeah, sort of yeah. uh, fake sense of comfort or protection. She is only undoing everything that, that, that she had going for her with At- not revealing her lineage, not revealing her intelligence, not revealing her identity. I'm well, sorry, but... And, and remember, though, though, the one thing that you need to remember in all this is that this differs vastly from the books. So yeah. they're, they're doing this to play up uh, I'm assuming what's going to happen at the end of the day is Tywin will find out through some means that Arya is Arya. And he had her all along and he lets her maybe slip through her fingers. Maybe he figures it out in time. But, you know, stuff's going to go down at Hall at one point or another. And I'm just interested to see how they write this because this is very, very different from the books. The, the, my opinion right now is, you know, I said it on last week's episode, I said the same thing. Like, I feel like they're doing, they changed his character to, to do all of this good because, I mean, we, Bruce Bolton was supposed to be in his spot. This is totally different. So this, what they were doing with his character, I don't, it's right now, it's my opinion still up in the air. Like, I don't know if they're going to do, like I said, have the big reveal of him just like now being a bad guy or if they're going to somehow allow him to keep this sort of good character that he has. I don't know how they're going to handle I was happy to see sort of, uh, I feel like they listened to the podcast last week, and then they <laughs> fixed it very quickly uh, before the show came out this week on HBO, but we had a little scene that they just shot randomly. They're like, guys, um, Zach on Game of Owns, um, you don't know him because... You don't. And uh, he, he says that we, he doesn't think the dog um, is showing Sansa, you know, deliberate help. Like, people maybe aren't getting the connection there. So they shot the scene of her just walking randomly outside of the room and walking past him. And she was like, hey, uh, thanks for that the other day. Th- thanks for helping me out. And he, and he was just like, yeah, well, you're going to be thanking me when I'm in between you and the king, right? And they just sort of, like, glare at each other and just walk away. That just little scene was great, though, because it made that connection. So now I finally feel like we have a, a proper foreshadowing that the dog gives a shit about Sansa. So that's cool. And we really got to see, again, that he cared even more in this episode when he was in the room with... I forget who all was in the room when she came back, but they were really concerned when Sansa came back. She had finally had her first blood. She was ready to bear a child. And they all were just sitting in there with this reception that was just like, girl, I feel so sorry for you. Yeah. I, I love how you said like first blood where it was like Rambo first blood. <laughs> it's yeah. just like Santa. That's what that I movie's about. No one knows that. Santa. <laughs> just, just, just uh, Santa killing everybody. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like uh, Cersei was, Cersei had some interesting moments where she's talking about Joffrey and she basically tells Sansa that she, she really isn't expected to love Joffrey. She's like, Oh, do your best. But Really, you're you know, there's only room for you to love so many people, and that's going to go to your kids. Oh, so. she's just speaking from her. I think she's just speaking from her own personal experience. Since Robert really never gave a shit about her, she is. And we that's saw that true. all of season one. But why is she being that delicate to Sansa? Like, are they still not because enemies? They came out no, of nowhere. Well, I don't. They're not enemies. I mean, you're talking about an older woman and and, and a girl who's all of what, you know, fourteen, fifteen right, years right. old, right? I, I don't think they're enemies. I mean, their families may be enemies, but I think she still has some kind of pity for her because 
She knows that she's about to be entered into a similar situation that she was. And what's different here, as opposed to the books, is that she really looks at Joffrey and sees a terrible human being, whereas I don't think that's shown as much throughout the series. I think she's very protective of him. She wants the best for him. She thinks very highly of him, regardless of what uh-huh. he does. And so it's 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 kind of juxtaposed here, because in this scene, when she's talking with Sansa, and then also when she's talking with Tyrion, you you can tell that there's sort of a difference of opinion between how she feels about Joffrey and how she feels about her other two children. No, she um, finally and, admitted that, though. It was awesome. Yeah, but I don't think that you get as much of that um, in the books. I, I don't think it's apparent at all, and I don't know that, you know, if are they doing that just to sort of, again, make you a little bit more drawn to the characters, humanize them a little bit more like they did I, with I think Tywin. so, yeah. Is she, the, we finally, like I said, we finally get our first bit of her actually saying, all right, she's conceding that Joffrey is, in fact, the little shit that we've all been painting him to be. And yep. she's giving, she's having this heart-to-heart and with Sansa and giving her some real advice. And we're learning about, you know, the day she first gave birth and how Robert was out hunting. And, like, I feel like she was trying to throw a pity party for herself. But in that moment, I was just thinking, hey, that's Robert's custom. He wanted to bring you back this stuff. He's a Baratheon. That's how they do things. Sorry. So I didn't feel that terrible for her because I feel like she's... She's doing pretty well for herself, and you know she was commenting. But Jamie was in the birthing room, you know, and they he said who she said who would stop me, you know. So it's like you get to see so much of her passion toward Jamie in that one scene, but also like you guys were saying, like she gave. I thought it was really unprecedented how quickly it shifted from her being so threatening just a few episodes episodes ago to Sansa, like asking, like saying, "I need you to say out loud, basically, that you love Joffrey." To her here, like saying, "I." She literally said something along the lines of. I know you don't love him. And she was like, but I do love him. And she was like, you know, like making fun of her. She was like, oh, that's so cute that you said that. But who could love Joffrey? He sucks so much. Yeah. 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 No, it's it's inconsistent, I think. But uh, I, I just wonder what the end game is. Because ultimately, with this light, with this new light of Cersei, knowing that Joffrey's an asshole, clearly Tyrion knows he's an asshole or a little shit, whatever you want to call him. Um, it's not going to be very nice. They have to back this king. They're going to back this king because it means that is, – is it because it means that they're in power then? Like she still gets to retain some of her queen regent kind of power. Uh, ultimately, her father is going to be the real hand of the king. Tyrion, the Lannisters are the king's – or is, the, is the, the ruling family of Westeros you know, in this current setup. Even though they have this, this little – Joffrey ruler who's who's not a good person who's you know there's almost nothing redeeming about him if anything at all about him are they really going to support him like just because it gives them power or you know I just don't think that they think that they really have that good a claim anymore um for the- Eric, you were saying earlier, um, we got to see so much more of Jamie when he was in Rob's camp. When when Rob made the other Lannister boy, you know, again he didn't sentence him to death, didn't do anything crazy in front of his people. He was just like, "Listen, just put him in a stockade." And they were like, but "Everything's all full. He's in this tent." And they're like, "Well, they're like, you know, we've got so many prisoners." So like, basically, they were saying, instead of killing everyone, you've been nice. And he's like, "All right, we'll just put him in the cage with Jamie." And then we got the biggest, you know 
reception of fanboyism I've ever seen. He's just sitting, going on and on about how amazing it was to squire under Jamie. And I just thought Jamie sounded like such a badass. He was talking about like throwing or some who was throwing up on on the horse on the way to the turning ground. I just thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. I don't know. Like he was such a, a Jamie fanboy. Yeah, and then we got to see him turn into an immediate heartless bastard out of that entire scene and just beat him to death with chains and i saw it coming immediately i just i knew he was gonna do yeah. that yeah. and i just thought okay jamie lannister's broken out again and then he was caught which i also saw coming because let's be honest here they're not gonna do this like you know they're not gonna just let him go in the middle of the season but that was a little odd um and then you know we had the whole thing with catelyn and the guy and he was just like i want to kill him she's just like listen you can't kill him i understand all of these things here I thought that that was a little uh, a brutal of a scene, but then again, Jamie had another owning moment because he just kept commenting on Catelyn. Thank you so much for saving my life. I'm sure you would. Blah blah blah. It's just his whole character is just beautiful. That, that whole that whole that was just mm-hmm. great. To what Zach was saying earlier, you get this moment where you see him turn into this cold-hearted bastard, and it's the same person that threw Bran out the window, you know, in the first episode ever that we saw, you know, and he's killing his own family, which should say something in and of itself, you know, he, even if it's a distant cousin, who cares? I mean, he just strangled the person to death uh, with no remorse whatsoever, and and then he goes and, and kills the guard who happens to be uh a car Stark, which is one of the sworn bannermen to to rob, and so this enrages, you know, his father, right. who goes at it with Catelyn, and you know, th- this is something I think that differs slightly from the books because two of Car Stark's sons are killed during Jaime's initial capture, which happens back in you know season one, and so you know you have kind of that lingering taste for revenge that that Rickard Car Stark has. And you you can tell, like, what's brewing within his mind now that for so long a period of time he hasn't been able to avenge his son's deaths. And and so now you have Jamie who's tried to escape, and he's still not being punished in any way. So for me, like, I started to wonder, well, what is Karstark going to do, you know, if he doesn't get revenge for what's happened for his son's deaths you know is he going to maybe do something against Catelyn is he going to do something against Rob does he potentially go and 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 ally himself with the Lannisters right right. uh, even though they're responsible for his his son's deaths I mean it seems like they're making enemies and Rob is not thinking with the right head in this episode, you know, he's <laughs> off with uh, the hot nurse somewhere. <laughs> right head. She's like, I need I some milk of the poppy, man. I need some milk <laughs> of the poppy. I need some milk yeah. of the poppy. He's like, all right, come with me. We'll get you some milk of the poppy. Um, <laughs> it was nice, though, to, to get that, to get so much more insight on Jamie and to learn that, you know, even though he's from this really, you know, great family and he's, they, I liked how they said, you know, we're all part of the family, but you guys were the family. Yeah. And we got to, you know, learn that that was, it was, because I mean, you feel like, I, I feel like you can sort of, you, you can take that away from the text and you can take that away from the show, which obviously goes into it a lot less than the text does. Like it's common sense, but it was nice that someone said that and it did, it did a lot of like painting for us. And then obviously we learn about how he had to, the only thing he could do was be a warrior. The only thing he could do was kill. And he was talking about the euphoria he felt on the battlefield and how it was just unmatchable by anything. And then again, it echoed a lot of what Tywin is. And um, it was just a great full circle character development place, learning so much about each of these different Lannisters and their different points of their life. I thought it was beautiful. Right. Well, just look at that conversation between him and Catelyn. I mean, the, the, the you know talking the whole episode 
you know, revolves around the, you know, men without honor. And, you know, she says this you know, directly to him. And I think that you get that moment where you just realize that Jamie is this ruthless soldier. You know, like he brings up Jon Snow. He talks about the fact that, you know, in, in many ways, he's more honorable than Ed Stark was because he didn't have a bastard child. You know, he's like, yeah, maybe I had an ancestral relationship and I fucked my sister, but at the end of the day, <laughs> I kept it all with one woman. Yeah. You know, I've never fucked another woman aside from my sister, you know, yeah. and, and so, it, you know, how did you feel when, you know, Lord Eddard Stark returned home with a bastard in his arms, you know? So, and, you know, I thought they did a great job you know, the producers of the show bringing in all of this stuff from Storm of Swords because it this isn't in Clash of Kings. <laughs> when he when he kept like in the middle of his great speech to Catelyn, he just kept stopping and saying, "Really, where did you get this thing? Is that, <laughs> is, that, is that a woman? Is, is that a woman? Is, is yeah. that a woman?" I just thought that was the most hilarious shit. That was great. But uh, we, they they actually painted Daenerys a lot in the same way. I know that she's not a man in this episode, but when the spice trader was was talking to Daenerys, and he was basically saying, "Why would I want to help you? Those dragons are gone. I'm glad they're gone. It's a really good thing that these dragons are gone because literally the only thing they can do for this entire existence that we live in is bring death and misery to everyone." And I thought to myself. That's completely true. They shouldn't be alive. What is the point? Because so Daenerys can go take back something. It's just like let people live, let them do their thing. Because all at the end, at the end of the day, all she wants to do is cause trouble. And then obviously Captain Creepyface steps up and he's like, "Listen, the mother of dragons should be with her dragons." And it was awkward and weird. He just wants a hangout session, I think. But, right, but <laughs> the he was just, the undying. Yeah, I know, but he was just like. But I stole them. It was like, of course you stole them. Of course you stole them. You obviously you stole one, them. One of him stole them. Right, but I don't know okay, one. that scene. That scene. How much polyjuice potion did it take to film that scene? <laughs> Seriously, though, they they that, brewing brewing that for months. Zach. That must have taken so long to yeah. film that entire. That's what they're doing with the chamber pots. It's like a full circle now. They they've been brewing the the polyjuice potion. They film in that the chamber scene pots. in the chamber pots. All right, I know it's questionable, but how do you think they all coming out looking like him? They don't call him Captain Creepy Face for no reason. I yeah, just thought it was funny true. because we uh we have more of a teaser into the House of the Undying, and um and I know what it's like from you know from the book, but it's 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 funny getting the perspective of what they're gonna do with it on the TV show because they're just building up that this is just gonna be like a fun house, just like a Mario <laughs> level, the booze in there, don't turn left, never ending stairs, weird shit like that. That's what it's going to be, and I'm interested to see how they depict it on television. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, you know, Zach, there was that other moment in this particular episode where I thought that they must have listened to you last week as well because Danny was talking with Sir Jorah, and she finally started to realize that she wasn't the shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. She isn't the yeah. shit. Oh, God. And it was just this great dialogue between the two of them. And, you know, she really doesn't want to have to hear what Sir Jorah has to say, but she, know, she just yeah. keeps going on and on about, well, you know, maybe I'm just not as big time as I thought I was. This is what I wrote down on my notes. Okay. I wrote, uh, this is a terrible punctuation. Uh, in lowercase, Danny is annoyed. Okay, Danny is annoyed. He follows her so blindly. She looks like she gets it now. She doesn't care though. She just wants to use him. I don't really blame her. I guess. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like she understands. She understands. She's like, okay, 
uh, Jor's really into me. She's like, basically, she was like, why are you helping me? And he looks so awkward. And he's like, ah. Uh. And this is, you know, this is the same episode that someone directly says, do you love her? And he's just pretty much like, yes, you know. So it's like she finally gets that, okay, Jorah, this whole time I thought he was just really into like helping the kingdom and stuff, but really he just digs me. So she had that revelation in her mind in that scene, and then like you can quickly see her changing and being like, all right, well, do some shit. Like, that's cool. I'll just carry you along find with my dragon. She was, yeah. yeah, find my dragon. She was even treating duck sauce like shit because, you know, she's like, I really don't care where you came from or what, you know he was trying to sit there and explain to her she's you know i really don't have time for this i don't care all these dudes are just trying to get into her burlap skirt yeah that's true though that's really the motivation of most of what these people are doing except and captain she, creepy face i don't except think captain, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man Maybe well not. you know he Maybe he not. really cut the odds literally down down to side i just thought it took a lot of apologies potion to film that scene yeah so do you weird. think that just like at king's landing they have all those the, all that uh, wildfire in the basement that the uh, the house of the undying just has bottles just like that of polyjuice obviously yeah. What, what, yeah what else do they have to do let's be honest here let's just let's really think about it for a moment like until daenerys came and brought dragons the guy was just hanging out on the council like he could have been killing them the whole time he had nothing else to do now he has a reason to do some shit and you know duck sauce wants to be the king of karth okay that's cool. Like, you can be the king of Karth. That's your prerogative. But Daenerys really even... She doesn't care about any of that because all she wants is to get her dragons and then go to F up people in the Seven Kingdoms. Like, I really think that she could give two shits less about Karth and that's being painted pretty clearly to us because she's just trying to move on, move on, move on, move on. And then, you know, we have all this drama. And like you were saying, Mike, I really do feel like they do just want to hang out sesh. Like, they're lonely. All he has to do is hang out with himself. Exactly. Yeah, he could just spawn another five of them. <laughs> it's one big circle jerk. <laughs> I, I really loved the exchange between Tyrion and Cersei because, again, we have a moment where we we see even more of her disdain toward Joffrey. And this was a good episode for that and another thing to continue the, the, the entire theme, Men Without Honor. And it was a, a real moment. And even around the end of this scene, I felt like Tyrion was about to give her just a big old imp hug instead of an imp slap, which I thought was a, you know a change from what he'd been doing previously, you know? Yeah, I thought that, that they were going for that. Like, maybe he's going to grab her hand or give her a hug, like you said. It, it seemed like he was going in that direction. And, uh, you know, for Tyrion to stand there and say that, you know, you have two great kids and Tom and, and Marcella, you know, I, I think shows that he does give a rat's ass about his family. And, and you know, it's shown, I think, throughout this particular season that he does care about those two kids more than Joffrey. But... I think Joffrey, he's never had a proper father figure. Um, right. You know, I don't think Baratheon ever gave him much uh, in terms of the time of day. You know, Jamie, who's his real father, is is off and probably doesn't pay him much mind either. And Tyrion just looks like, you know, I don't know that he could really tolerate him very much. You know, mm-hmm. just because of what he's become. Well, Cersei was she was saying, you know, I thought Joffrey would be so much more like Jamie. I I thought I thought you know she's so she feels so terrible what everything's turned into and Tyrion was just like what are we gonna do I feel like it was great for them to finally have the conversation what's gonna happen now because they're five days away all we have are little jars of fire that we stole from Legend of Zelda what are we gonna do and then and then it was said it's hard to put a leash on a dog once it's got a crown on its head mm. and it was just you know full circle Joffrey's a bad egg what's gonna happen now. 
it was and to it, tie back to Stannis too. I mean, we haven't really seen much of him in a long time. I mean, other than his brother. Well, he's busy. Yeah. He's got a shadow baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> general thoughts on the episode, fellas. What did you guys think in general? Like, because I, I know Mikey, you said you didn't like this episode. Um, I mean, I know we've talked about it a lot now, and and I think it was good for character development. Um, I just don't know that it moved things along very well. I think that you you had a lot of episodes before this where there was a lot of action, a lot of things going on that kind of advanced the plot. I felt like it kind of stalled out a little bit in this episode. Um, you know, there's there was maybe a little bit too much dialogue. It's almost like it didn't kind of get to that next thing. Because, for example, you see what we would assume would be the House of the Undying at the end of the last episode, and we're not even there this episode. Yeah. Um, and it also has to be said that this is now makes two episodes in a row, and I'm talking directly to you, Terrence, two episodes in a row now that we have seen not a pair of breasts or even a breast. Uh, oh. No, it's it's rough. Yeah. It's rough. I, I, it's I, hard. I mean, I can't wait till uh, next week. You know, they should make up for the past two weeks. <laughs> Oh. No, you had you had uh, Tonks. Yeah, yeah, we episode. had Tonks. That's right. That's right. Oh, was it? I don't. Oh, it was yeah. the one before. I, I turned. I turned last. my eyes away from that. I still right, give yep. Ramus all my all my. But you're right. Respect. At the beginning of the uh, at the beginning of the episode, it didn't say nudity. I looked for that. It now. Said brief, <laughs> brief nudity. What was brief? What, oh, what, what yeah. Was what brief? was brief nudity about this episode? I don't know. It could have been the naked children that were burnt. That might be it. Uh, oh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> With only three hours left of the show, I'm, I'm just I, I do want to see what happens yeah. next, and I, I'm still just very interested in how all the threads that are picked up this season are, are, are played out. Oh, yeah. um, plus, I'd like to see a little bit more of the comet. Let's be honest, too. You know, they haven't yeah. they haven't yeah. looked up at the sky and seen the comet for a long time. <laughs> it's been time. a while since they looked to yeah. the heavens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Selena actually just tweeted four hours ago. Uh, she didn't tweet it publicly. She tweeted at Game of Thrones. She said, 10 eps is not enough. Instead of splitting the third book into two seasons, they should have made it a 20-episode season. That would be awesome. I agree with that, <laughs> that but it's probably so not how HBO rolls, right? Oh, absolutely not, yeah, right. Yeah, that would exactly. be that would be really cool. Kind of sucks. Well, luckily there is literally thousands of pages if people are still like if you're listening to the show and you've only read or if you've only watched the HBO series, um I do heavily recommend even if you're not much of a literary person, you know, listen to the audiobooks at the very yeah. least because if you do if you enjoy the show, you really really will enjoy the books and you really really will enjoy the audiobooks too as well. Definitely. Um they're long and they're daunting and you know if something's long and daunting sometimes some people don't like things that are long and daunting but i'm telling you um like i said if you do enjoy the show you will you will like the book yeah that's what i was thinking (laughs) anyway just check out the books or something because it's good and it's all the same shit and believe me 10 months is a long time long enough for you to take something else in. Oh, yeah. And there's no other things coming out that you would like. Let's do the Owns of the Week. I'm excited because we've gotten so many good tweets about this. And again, guys, we're going to hope that we're going to open the floodgates for you again next week. And hopefully they'll have even more. And actually, probably by the time Blackwater comes around, most of our Owns are going to be a certain sword slice, if you will. Oh. But um, yeah, I'm just I'm just painting and speculating here. But uh, let's go around the table and let's figure out what's going on, even though we're not I go the first. Table. Yeah, the, uh, my Own of the Week is when Jamie Lannister is talking about that artist who painted using only red. That Ooh, was yeah. very, I was just like, that's very visual. I'm like, I paint with blood. <laughs> yeah, he also talked about um, Sir Barristan Selmy, which I thought so was neat. kind of a cool mention because we haven't seen him since last episode, or sorry, last season. Yeah, he was pissed. I feel bad for Barristan Selmy. Me too. <laughs> what would Barristan do? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> he would ask Terrence to give his own, I'm sure. Oh, okay. Well, my own of the week is, uh, even though I, I, oh God, I hate the character, but um, 
It's by Theon Greyjoy, and it says, don't look so grim. It's all just a game. Yes. And that kind of got me thinking. I was like, wow. Wow, is he is he smarter than what he's leading on to be, or is he just grabbing a quote out of the air and, you know, <laughs> scratching his ass or something? You're right. I, that, I did think that was good, man, when he said to her, it's, it's, oh, it's all just a game because this is called Game of Thrones. Oh, it so, is, yeah. Uh, somebody, somebody, agree, somebody agrees with it. Like, was yeah, that, that was right. very, it was very fourth wallish, but at the same time, you just see how out of it he really is, like out of touch with the fact that this is, for them, it's life or death. For us, it's yeah. just good television. Um, yeah, the fact that he's playing it as though it's a television show is is wrong for him. He's gonna he's making the wrong decisions there. Yeah, um, this is when uh, Jamie is talking to uh, cousin Lannister, and uh, cousin Lannister is is somewhat embarrassed to share his story, and Jamie responds by saying, "More embarrassing than being chained to a post in your own shit." <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was great. Uh, that was awesome. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, so mine actually is also from Jamie Lannister. Uh, and I kind of made a little hint of that during the episode. But um, I thought it was pretty damn funny. But he was like, oh, because uh, he knew he was about to die. Essentially, he goes like, come to say goodbye, Lady Stark. I believe this is my last night in this world. Is is that a woman? <laughs> he's going on this like exposition about about. He's like, oh shit, what the hell is that? And I'm pointing toward my computer screen because what the hell is that? that was, I'm glad Selena's not here to like defend her. Brienne, like, oh, oh, Brienne is so pretty though. <laughs> so that works perfectly. Again, if you guys would like to join the Own of the Week discussion, it is always accessible by tweeting us on Twitter at Game of Owns because we usually prompt you once the episode is over. And then again the next day to remind you, um, depending on next week if we record uh, in the middle of the night on Sunday, which may or may not and definitely will not. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Game of Owns. Like us, and uh, we check our wall posts there pretty frequently. Email us at uh, contact at gameofowns.com just for general comments or if you have something very specific you want to say to any of us, you can reach us all there. Website is, of course, www.gameofowns.com. And on iTunes, you can find us either on the front page where we have been, thanks to your repetitive repetitive, uh, you know, successful reviews and ratings of us. We love you guys. Thanks for that. Also, big props to the staff at iTunes for featuring Game of Thrones on the front page for so long. I know that oh, there yeah. are many other television yeah. series playing right now, and I feel like that they are definitely on the pulse of what people are consuming the most. So, very cool, and we're super, super humbled and super, super... I'm just taken aback by our inclusion on the list of such cool podcasts, because I've actually been uh, tweeting with the guys over at Cast of Thrones, and they're super super nice too and you should if you guys enjoy this show actually there's just a lot similar just a bunch of friends hanging out talking about something that's awesome so check them out as well if you guys would i like oh yeah no but really again to echo what eric was saying super super props and thanks for all of your pleasant five star sweet nice reviews of the show i'm really i'm really happy that you guys were able to sort of pull that feeling out of our banter with each other because that's really what the show is every week we don't talk about this to each other until you know it's time for the show and then like it just all comes out micah was like texting me this morning he's like or was it this morning or last night we we went on Ustream for like 10 minutes and we were like we were going to talk about the episode but we decided to just talk about eric's wallet and my wallet so that makes all all of the sense I, I hear that. I hear that. Do you hear that, Zach? What is it? It's the music you've edited. Oh, wow. You're really good at repeating jokes that I've said before. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds fresh. This is Game of Thrones, everyone. I hope that you like the show. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm Mike Attenborough. I'm Zach Louie. I'm Eric Skull. And I'm Selena. I'm not here today. I'm from Hyperbole.com. <laughs> and I'm Terrence Post. Goodbye, everybody.